Listener Production. Your Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Thursday, the 27th of May. Victoria is a state on edge this morning with fears it could be placed into a fourth lockdown as the COVID cluster continues to grow. The latest outbreak has risen to 15 cases, while there are now more than 70 exposure sites, including Marvel Stadium, after a positive case attended the Essendon and North Melbourne AFL clash last Sunday. Vice President of the Australian Medical Association, Dr Chris Moy, admits the rise in case numbers is extremely concerning. Hopefully Victoria is not on the brink of something really big, but unfortunately there's a fair bit of uncertainty. First up about the chains of transmission between the original case from South Australia and then the current cluster, but also with regards to how far and wide this has gone. South Australia and WA have already shut their borders with Greater Melbourne and now there are fears the virus could have already crossed into New South Wales with an urgent warning issued for a Western Riverina sporting club that attended a Victorian event with an infected person. The New South Wales Premier Gladys Berejiklian with this warning for anyone wanting to travel to Victoria. Unless you absolutely have to go down there, just consider your options because um, we don't know what the situation might might, um, present to us in the next few days. It's believed Victorian health officials met late into the night to consider a circuit breaker snap five-day lockdown and we'll cross to our reporter in Melbourne shortly with the very latest. Overseas now and the UK government's handling of the COVID pandemic is under the spotlight with a former advisor to the Prime Minister dropping bombshell claims. Dominic Cummings is fronting a parliamentary inquiry claiming Boris Johnson wanted to be injected with coronavirus live on TV to prove it wasn't dangerous. He's also revealed senior government ministers lied to the public and there was no strategy to deal with the unfolding crisis. She walked into the office while we're looking at this whiteboard. She says, I've just been talking to the official, Mark Sweeney, who is in charge of coordinating with the Department for Health. He said, quote, I've been told for years that there is a whole plan for this. There is no plan. We're in huge trouble. Quote, I think we are absolutely f-. Also making news today, the former boss of Australia Post says she's absolutely delighted by the Senate inquiry's findings. 25 recommendations have been handed down, including calling on the Prime Minister to apologise over Christine Holgate's controversial departure. Ms Holgate has told the ABC it's important to stand up to workplace bullying. Well, I haven't heard from the Prime Minister yet, but um, I'd welcome an apology. And I, I think it's a really important thing that sometimes when things go wrong, if we apologise, people can heal and move on. And the Australian Tourism Export Council has penned a letter to the Prime Minister asking for clarity on when our international borders will reopen. They're calling for a framework for reopening, claiming export tourism businesses are struggling with no clients, no income and increasingly no future. Now let's check what's happening in your state with our reporters on the ground and we start in Victoria and there are fears the state is on the brink of a fourth lockdown with senior government ministers meeting late into the night. Our reporter James Lake is in Melbourne and says authorities have already pre-warned Victorians 
the tougher measures are on the table. Yeah, that was the exact message from our acting premier, James Molino, yesterday morning, Tash. The only reason we didn't go straight into a lockdown yesterday was the fact that so far authorities have been able to link all the cases we have. However, it is understood it would take just one mystery case with no known links to the rest of the cluster to trigger a circuit breaker lockdown. Until we hear how many infections were picked up by yesterday's testing, it's mostly business as usual in Melbourne, albeit with masks back on in indoor locations. To Queensland now, and the owners of a major power station hope to have three damaged units back in operation within two weeks in the wake of the state's worst electricity outage since the 1980s. Investigators still don't know the root cause of the fire, which cut power to almost half a million customers across the state on Tuesday. And as Amy Drew reports from Brisbane, residents are now being urged to conserve their energy use to lower the risk of rolling outages. Well, it's really put Queensland's power supply into question and whether there needs to be a transition away from reliance on coal-fired power. About 80% of the state's energy does come from coal fire stations at the moment, and Calide is one of the largest, generating about 10% of the energy demand. Federal Energy Minister Angus Taylor says there also needs to be a delicate balance of solar supply given the phenomenal uptake of green energy across the state. And to New South Wales, and there's been another key development in the death of Sydney businesswoman Melissa Caddick, with the federal court warned we may never know exactly how the 49-year-old died. This follows the completion of a post-mortem on her remains that washed up on a beach on the New South Wales coast earlier this year. Our reporter James Royce has been covering the story. Tash, the problem for those forensic experts has been the poor condition of the remains of Melissa Caddick. It's after tests confirmed that a decomposing foot that was found in a shoe discovered on a beach south of Tarthra back in February, were those of the 49-year-old. She disappeared in December while under investigation for an alleged Ponzi scheme that fleeced more than $23 million out of mostly her family and friends. So what this latest development means is that police investigating her death are now likely unable to be able to deliver their brief to the coroner by June 17, as had been hoped. Now for the latest in business and finance news, and we're joined this morning by Peter Switzer from the switzerreport.com.au. Peter, good morning. Now, the big banks, as we know, were certainly under fire during the Royal Commission, but there's been a big turnaround for the Commonwealth Bank. Yeah, the life has changed for the bank. CBA shares have broken through the $100 barrier for the first time as investors count on bumper capital returns in coming months, but analysts are split on where the share price might go from here. The success of being the coronavirus has pumped up the economy and the big bank share prices are surging, but they could find they're going tough from here. The CBA has gone from $63 to $100 in basically six months. Less fees and charges for us then? No. (laughs) (laughs) And also this morning, Peter, TV streaming service Amazon is upping its ante to attract more customers. Yes, Amazon says it's buying MGM, the fabled US movie studio home, to the James Bond franchise for $8.45 billion US dollars, giving a huge library of films and TV shows and ramping up competition with streaming rivals led by Netflix and Disney+. And Peter, could we receive an early Christmas present? More tax cuts are coming with Labor likely to accept the federal government's third round of tax cuts. 
Yeah, you're being wishful here, but <laughs> at least Labor is moving closer to supporting Scott Morrison's seventeen billion dollars a year stage three tax cuts. Will not and also they will not seek to permanently entrench the low and middle income tax offset if it wins the next election. So we have to wait till then. But the bottom line is they're not saying no to those future tax cuts. Peter, thank you. Pleasure. <laughs> For sport now, Brett Thomas and Brett, as we know, COVID is causing plenty of problems for residents in Victoria and now the AFL is under a cloud with one game already scrapped and crowd restrictions still a real possibility. Yes, good morning, Tash. That's right. Crowds could still be restricted or possibly uh, scrapped altogether. Now, yesterday they were adamant we would have fans rolling through the gates in round 11, but with that positive case at the MCG and now at uh, Marvel Stadium at the Bombers-Kangaroos game, uh, that looks like that could certainly be in jeopardy. We've already got one match that's been scrapped altogether. That's Hawthorne's clash with the Gold Coast against Darwin uh, in Darwin this weekend. They were preparing, preparing to fly out of Melbourne this morning, the Hawks, but that won't be happening. That'll either be moved to a place like Metricon Stadium or Sydney, or they'll just bring their buy forward and they'll play again next week. So this is a moving situation and it's uh, changing by the hour. So we'll wait to hear from the Victorian government first and then the AFL later this morning. Certainly is changing by the hour, Brett. And the NRL is, of course, monitoring the COVID situation very closely in Melbourne as well and is prepared to move the origin opener if necessary. Yeah, that's uh, in a fortnight Wednesday at the MCG, obviously hoping for a big crowd. And that's the key factor here. The NRL will make a decision in the next 24 hours. Peter Volandis, the ARL Commission chairman, says that they obviously want crowds rolling through the gates. Now, he wants to honour the contract with the Victorian government, but ticket sales have already been affected by this. So they've got Canberra, Adelaide and Perth as the backup options. They want it at a neutral venue and uh, they also want crowds to roll through. Indigenous round kicks off tonight in the NRL. It's round 12 at Suncorp. The Broncos against the Storm. Brisbane coming off an upset against the Roosters. The Storm are without a number of stars, including Cam Munster and Ryan Pappenhausen. And Broncos forward Ben Teo says that that gives them a good chance of another win. Yeah, I think they're a bit vulnerable with some of the injuries. Uh, Travelling up here, be a big crowd at Suncorp. Yeah, the guys are on a high. A lot of confidence. They train well today. Who wins? Brisbane. Uh, Lost their last nine against the Storm, though, so uh, the Broncos certainly the underdogs at home tonight. And Brett, former NRL star turned boxer Paul Gallen got a front row seat of the power, speed and skill of his next opponent in the ring. Yeah, this is a rising uh, Aussie boxing star, Justice Hooney, already the Aussie heavyweight champ, won that in his debut fight. Last night, he fought Christian uh, Zoy. Uh, wasn't expected to trouble him too much, and he could have ended the fight earlier, but wanted to get some rounds in, uh, so he demolished him inside 10 rounds. Next up, it is Paul Gallen, June 16 in Sydney. Gal was working as a commentator for main event last night and was certainly very impressed. I thought it was good. I thought it was good. I thought he was very clean. Uh, I thought Christian Zoid saved me things I can do to get to him. Christian just wasn't able to back up. He wasn't fit enough. He couldn't keep those punches on the inside going. Certainly the youngest and most highly skilled opponent that Gellin will face. That is next month. Looking forward to it, Tash. Indeed. Thanks so much, Brett. Thanks, Tash. And a family in northern New South Wales claims the horror mouse plague has caused its family home to go up in flames. They say police claim the rodents chewed through the wires in their roof, sparking the massive blaze. The fire at the property near Narrabri gutted the home and mum Rebecca telling Nine it's been absolutely devastating. It's been a nightmare. The, um, they crawl over the kids at night, wake up, they're in our shoes, they're on our benches, they're everywhere. They eat the food. We've had to put the food into a um, 
a toolbox. They coming through the lounge. They'll bite you on the back. Yeah, they're just they're a nightmare. Authorities are now investigating the fire, but believe it was caused by the mice. And that's all you need to know to start your day with your morning agenda. In your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning, you can also catch the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the new Listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and we'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Listener.